Now, my next question is, you talked about students uh, who are full-time. What if a student, and we're, see- we're going to be seeing more of those because of the aging of our population, because of the enrollment cliff, and because really we need uh, to focus on non-traditionals uh, more so than we have in the past. Uh, so what is, your, uh, from your perspective, what are, of those six elements that you talked about, what are ones that need to be amended to meet the demands of, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, part-time students, irrespective of the number of credit they're taking? Well, that's a very good question, Dr. Atala. Uh, let me just uh, state for the record, in spring 2023, of all students enrolled at Hartnell College uh, are part-time students. Only 31% of our population attend on a full-time basis. And so what we have to do and what we've been doing is uh, focusing our attention on the services we provide to part-time students. And what we know about uh, part-time students is a lot of them work. And so uh, having services available on uh, after 5 p.m., uh, offering services on Saturdays is very important to our uh, part-time student population. And so what we've done is uh, we've offered counseling services uh, until 7 p.m., Monday through Thursday, uh, until 6 p.m. on Fridays, and Saturdays from 9 to 1, wow. half day. And so students can elect uh, to speak with a counselor in person or online during those times. They can also uh, enroll in courses on Saturdays. Uh, We have a student success course that we offer through our Division of Student Affairs, our Counseling One course. And it's uh, proven to be a very uh, good course. It has good success rates. And we use that as a gateway course into uh, to kind of impart student success techniques to entering students so that from there they can build the kind of skills that they need to be successful in whatever meta major they select. So are you using counseling one as a form of orientation in addition to the traditional orientation that, that you developed uh, about yes. 10 years ago or how, how are yes. you doing? How are you mixing them? So we've, we've uh, kind of moved everyone to a general, uh, you have two ways of taking uh, orientation to college. You can do it online, which is much faster, but it's also geared towards a much younger population who can uh, are used to asynchronous kinds of instruction before a more traditional user who wants to take a class, a student success course, We offer that throughout the week, Monday through Thursday, Monday through Friday, actually, and also on Saturday mornings. We also offer a Counseling One course in person uh, on Saturday mornings uh, from our main campus. But what we're moving to, you should know this also, Dr. Tala, we're moving to a freshman year experience uh, program here at Hartnell College. And so that is in the works now. Uh, We've already sent a team uh, of folks, both faculty and administrators, to the National First Year Experience Conference. Uh, And so we are building our freshman year experience program as we speak. 
That, that's also a best practice. It's it's amazing what, uh, from my experiences, it's amazing what difference it makes for students. So let me ask you another question with regard, you spoke about, <clears throat> excuse me, early intervention uh, based on an early alert, but that's predicated heavily on an early meaningful assessment. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, you were in the classroom, uh, few years ago, but you were in the classroom, uh, albeit in a selective yeah. university, but it doesn't matter, a student is a student. Uh, what, is, what is to you a meaningful assessment and how early should we go in? Because I believe, and from my experiences, midterm can be a little too late to correct oh, yeah. major uh, uh, deficiencies. So what's, you know, from your wisdom and your experiences, what would you say about early intervention and early assessment? So in my review of the uh, retention literature over the years, uh, folks like uh, national researchers like Vincent Tinto would recommend assessing as early as uh, the second week. Folks like Tom Angelo or Kay Patricia Cross uh, 10, 15, 20 years ago were recommending within the first three weeks to start begin assessing students' uh, knowledge and their um, of the knowledge of the content, the course content, and so it has to begin early. It must be conducted often, and it needs to have good feedback. So, if a student doesn't perform well, students need to know where they're missing the boat, where are they going off track, and so the best response from that can come from an instructor. But we know that they have limited amounts of time outside the college classroom. So office hours are very important. Uh, As a matter of fact, uh, in his book, Lee Upcraft uh, writes, um, was it maybe George Koo? I think it was George Koo wrote in his book, uh, about 80% of a student's waking hours are spent outside the college classroom. And uh, the reason, and so that's an important point because if they're only going to be in class or in labs or on campus, only 20% of their waking hours, what are they doing outside class? And so that's the reason why we need to uh, provide really good assessments while the students are in class so that we can follow up with them afterwards. We're not asking instructors to be the end all. We have units on campus. We have our, uh, at Hartnell College, we have what we call Panther Labs, which are academic uh, support uh, centers that provide services to students, tutorials uh, services, supplemental instruction, peer-led team learning. Uh, We also have uh, folks, we have like these student success coaches we talked about that are being introduced into our district. We also have, believe it or not, what we find many times is that students have uh, basic needs. Folks aren't eating well. They're skipping meals. Uh, they need. They have transportation problems. They have technology problems, connectivity problems. And so through our basic needs program, we do uh, lending laptops. We do meal vouchers. We do housing vouchers. We provide bus passes for students. We provide meal vouchers at our cafeteria. 
So there's a, you believe it or not, there's a lot of impediments to students succeeding in the class that we historically have just taken for granted that they're doing. They're having a warm meal before they come to class. They have enough rest. They're not sleeping in their, we didn't think that they were sleeping in their cars in the student parking lot, but in 2023 they are. So we need to address some of these things outside considerations that we had just only taken for granted for many years. Uh, on this, uh, I do have another question, but on this, uh, I, you know, I remember Hartnell's cafeteria closed in the early afternoon, or I was at Black Hawk, same thing, and LTC, the same thing, barely open, if any, on Friday, definitely not in the evenings and on Saturdays and Sundays if we're offering classes. And that's a problem. It's a problem that is... Uh, uh, added to the fact that I think nationally over 20% of students are in some kind of a housing and or food precarity. And that includes the four-year and that includes some of the bigger name four-year institutions. Uh, you know, there was a study from Berkeley a few years ago that showed a significant proportion of their students, and that's one of the most selective universities that we know of, uh, many of their students are facing food and or housing insecurity. So I totally, absolutely get it. And I'm grateful for those efforts that you instated. But my question you. is, you said, where are they missing the boat uh, regarding the students? So uh, you talked about George Koo. Uh, you know, he has his seven high impact practices, right? Correct. Uh, which, what if you were to talk to a teacher? You've been a teacher, same here. Yeah. What would be, uh, what would be the the if you had chance to give them one uh, recommendation with regarding to uh, understanding where, how, and where the students miss the boat and a high practice, high impact practice? What would you say to them? It's engagement. You read the literature today, and there's a lot of literature on student engagement, faculty student engagement, uh, engagement between academic and student support programs and the student. Engagement is vital. Coming out of COVID, uh, our engagement moved from in-person to asynchronous or synchronous, and now we're slowly getting back to face-to-face uh, -face kinds of communication and contact. But what we find here at Hartnell College, um, the cohorts that continue to come through, we're, we're going to, we're, we're, we're keeping an eye on the cohort that's coming in the incoming class of fall 23. What we learned from the incoming class of fall 21 and 22 is that they become more high touch. And so a lot of the practices that we have used in our TRIO programs, EOPS programs, CalWORKs programs, DSPS programs, those programs are used to high touch, but a lot of the uh, faculty, a lot of the other folks in admissions and financial aid, uh, the cashiers or bursar's office weren't so used to high touch. And so now we're, fi we're finding out that uh, we need to have that kind of patience. We ourselves need to ask questions of the students and not expect students to ask questions of us. And so it's kind of like teasing out responses because we're working with a population that was learning from at home for at least a year and a half, if not two years. That changed their socialization. 
that changed their communication with an educational entity. So they come to us having recently graduated, but half of their time in high school was spent online. And now we're expecting them to to reconnect with us in person. So what we need to do as an, as an institution is to work with our employees to teach them the high touch skills that are required to obtain information and engage students positively here at Hartnell College.